0: Turn to Leviticus chapter one. Leviticus chapter one, the passages verses one through seventeen, but uh, we'll just read as our text today verses one through nine. We don't always do this, but might I ask you to stand for the reading of God's word today? Leviticus chapter one. Uh, God in the book of Leviticus. Uh, gave five offerings or sacrifices uh, to the Jews, to his people Israel that they were to observe. And the first one that we'll look at today is the burnt offering, which is a picture of Christ's death on the cross. Verse 1, Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock of the herd and of the flock. If his offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord. Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering and it will be accepted on his behalf to make an atonement for him. He shall kill the bull before the Lord and the priest. Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around on the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, shall put fire on the altar and lay the wood in order on the fire. Then the priest, Aaron's son, shall lay the parts the head and the fat in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar, but he shall wash its entrails and its legs with water, and the priest shall burn all on the altar as a burnt sacrifice and offering made by fire a sweet aroma of the Lord. May you be seated, please. I want to see six points about the burnt offering. Point number one, it is the first and oldest offering known to man. Though it was officially given by God for Israel uh, to observe uh, at the tabernacle, way back before the tabernacle, uh, this was the offering mentioned in Genesis, Exodus, and in Job, which some think is perhaps the oldest book in the Bible. It was the offering of Abel, In the book of Genesis, of Noah after the flood and dry land, of Abraham, remember when he offered Isaac or was going to offer Isaac, and the Lord stopped him. And it teaches us something. For it to be the oldest, the burnt offering, to be the oldest, the only one that dates back way before it was officially instituted here, and also, the fact uh, uh, that it is the first of the five offerings tells us it's priority and it's important. Now, here's the lesson I learned from it. Since it pictures Christ dying on the cross, God has always had only one method of salvation, and that's the cross of Jesus Christ. Sometimes people say, well, did he have another method in the Old Testament than he does in the New Testament? No! It has always been faith in the crucified, resurrected Jesus Christ. They didn't have as clear a picture in the Old Testament on that side of the cross as we do, but believe you me, when they offered these offerings, they put their faith in the Lord Jesus through the type and the symbol of these offerings. They were looking toward the cross and putting their faith. In Christ dying on the cross, we today in the church age look back to that same cross and are saved by faith just like they were. The second point, it was initiated by God and not man. Notice verse 1. Then the Lord called unto Moses and spoke to him out of the tabernacle. By the way, offering, the Hebrew word for offering means to draw near. Do you want to be connected with God? Do you want to be a child of God? Do you want to draw near to God? There's only one way, and it's what the burnt offering pictures, the crucifixion of Jesus for our sin. It's also interesting to note that they uh, made the sacrifice in this burnt offering on the brazen altar just before the door of the tabernacle. Now, the tabernacle housed the Ark of the Covenant and symbolized the presence of Holy God. It was, so to speak, his earthly throne. If you want to go through the door of salvation, if you want to know the presence of God, you've got to come by the way of the burned offering. They would have to do that first. But this wasn't Moses' idea. This wasn't Israel's idea. Excuse me. And this uh, wasn't some religious institution's idea. This was initiated and given by God to man. In Proverbs 14, 12, the Bible says, there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof leadeth to destruction. One of the most uh, upsetting funerals I've ever been to many, many years ago, a fellow who... uh, I'm not going to say he went to hell. I'm not going to say he went to heaven. That's God's business. But he didn't have much fruit to show he was a Christian. And he committed suicide on I-55. He Stopped his car and he just walked right out in front of an 18-wheeler. But he had given some directions about his funeral. He left a note. And the note emphasized one basic thing. He wanted... Elvis's song, I think Frank Sinatra sang it first, I Did It My Way. He won that play at his funeral. And I remember I attended it. Thankfully I didn't preach it. But I remember I was sitting in the funeral home there, and it just grieved my heart. As the song that he wanted to be remembered by was I Did It My Way. Now again, I'm not saying he went to heaven, I'm not saying he went to hell. That's not my job. But folks, if you want to go to heaven, you're going to have to do it God's way. Okay? And his way is through the cross or what the burnt offering symbolizes. The third thing I want you to see about the burnt offering today is it was open to all. Aren't you glad? Verse 2 of Leviticus 1. If any man of you bring an offering to the Lord. Verse 3, he shall offer it of his own voluntary or free will. It was for the wealthy. Usually the wealthy in that day, they owned cattle and they had crops. That's the way their wealth was figured. So they could bring a bullock from the herd of cows. It was for the average person. You could bring a lamb or a sheep. It was for the poor people. You could bring a turtle dove or a pigeon. And remember in Luke 2, 24, that's what uh, Mary and Joseph brought when they dedicated Jesus at the temple because they were financially poor. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That beloved verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have eternal life. The burnt offering was for anyone and everyone who would receive it and observe it. And dear friend, if a person dies without the Lord and misses heaven and lands in hell, it's nobody's fault but theirs because God has made the way. Now, the fourth thing. And this is a little more detail that I want you to see about the burnt offering. The sacrificial victim pictured Jesus. And this is pretty amazing when you realize how many years uh, this was when this was given before the cross of Jesus Christ. And yet it so depicts Christ. There were three types of animals. Uh, The oxen. It was an animal of service, and it it pictures the servanthood of Jesus. He said in Matthew 10, 28, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life, a ransom for many. The lamb could be offered, and this speaks of the submissiveness of Christ. Isaiah 53, 7 says, He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before its shearers is silent. He opened not his mouth. He could have called thousands of angels, but he humbly submitted to the cross. The turtle dove or the pigeon speak of his poverty. He left heaven, glorious, rich heaven, and came to this earth and became a man and suffered and died. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, Though he was rich, yet for your sakes... He became poor that through his poverty we might, might become rich spiritually. The, the animal offering, offered, whether it was uh, from the cattle or from the sheep or, or uh, a bird, it was to be a, a male. Why? Because Christ was a man and this speaks of his humanity. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word became flesh and dwelt Among us, John 1, 1 and 14. And uh, 1 Timothy says there's one God and one go-between or mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. The whom? The man Christ Jesus. He had to be a man to die for our sins. He had to be God for it to be applied to the whole human race. And then this animal was to be without blemish. You couldn't just offer a diseased animal or a crippled animal. It had to be without blemish. You know what that speaks of about Christ, his perfection, his sinlessness. Hebrews four fifteen. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Even Pilate said in Luke twenty three four, I find no fault in him. I could not die for your sins. I'm a sinner. I owe sin death myself, but the one who never sinned could die for our sins, for he had no sin of his own to die for. Oh, and then there's the victim's death, and this pictures Christ's great suffering. Jesus spoke to those depressed Emmaus disciples that didn't understand how he could be the Messiah and have been. Crucified like he was, he said to them in Luke 24, 26, Ought not Christ have suffered? It was all over the Old Testament. You see it right here. And how he suffered. 1 Peter two eleven, Christ also suffered for us. First of all, the sacrificial animal was killed. It could not be accepted unless it was killed. Early in the ministry, I came across a horrible philosophy that we were saved by Jesus' example. Well, he was the perfect example, but we aren't saved by Jesus' example. We're saved by his death on the cross for our sins. Acts 3.15, on the, in the early church, Peter said, You killed the prince of life. He had to die. The blood was shed. I mean, the blood was sprinkled all around. It covered almost everything in that tabernacle area. 1 Peter 1.19 says, We were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Now, here's something. It was cut into pieces. I want you to look at this in our text. Verse 6 He shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. It was skinned outwardly. What's all this cutting into pieces? Because Jesus not only suffered bodily and physically outwardly, he suffered spiritually inwardly. Verse 8. It almost sounds like God is a, a gory type God. No, he's trying to get us to see the great sacrifice and suffering of his son Jesus Christ. Then the priest Aaron's son shall lay the parts, the head and the fat in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar. He shall wash its entrails and its legs with water. Why such a slaughterhouse to try to get to cross to us how much Jesus suffered. We could have a whole sermon on the sufferings, physical sufferings of Christ. Let me share with you a passage from Isaiah 52, 14. His visage, that's his face, his appearance, was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Physically, if you looked at Jesus on that cross after they got through making his back look like spaghetti with the cat, whip, cat of nine tails, whip, and those soldiers didn't slap him. Those were big, burly soldiers. I mean, they just slugged him and slugged him and slugged him. You would not even recognize. Mary didn't even recognize her son hanging on the cross. Physically, the suffering was just unbelievable. But that's not all he suffered. He suffered spiritually. The wages of sin is death. Physical, yes, but spiritual death and separation from God, that was the most painful suffering of all. The Scripture says uh, in Isaiah... Oh, I hope I've got this down here. Yes, Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 14. Listen to this. His soul was made. His what? Not talking about the body here. The soul of Christ was made an offering for sin. Darkness covered the earth for three hours in Matthew 27, 46. And Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why is that? We have no idea the depth of the spiritual sufferings of Christ on that cross. Look at how they mutilated these animals. It might give you just a glimpse of how much he loves us and what he did for us. And then under point four, the last thing, it was totally consumed by fire in verse 9. This is the only offering that was totally burned. On the rest of the offerings, the meat offering, some would be given to the priest. Sometimes some would be given and some would be sour. Not this one. Every bit of it was burned and consumed. Now the fire speaks of the wrath and judgment of God. Jesus didn't halfway pay for your sins. He Paid fully for your sins. He said, it is finished. What a Savior. He gave it all. Isaiah 53, he poured out his soul in death. And then my favorite part, the fifth thing, the offer of sins were transferred to the victim. Look at this, verse 4 and 5 of Leviticus And by the way, another thing that made this offering unique, the priest didn't kill the lamb or the cow or the bird. The person offering did it. Hmm. Remember when Mel Gibson came out with his movie, The Passion of Christ, and the Jews got in an uproar because they said Mel Gibson made it sound like we killed Jesus? The Romans killed Jesus. You Gentiles killed Jesus. You you want to know who killed Jesus? We did. A preacher had a dream, and he was dreaming about the passion of Christ. And then he came to the part that the crowd was screaming, Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! And the preacher said he just got angry in the dream, and as he looked at the crowd, he spotted himself. All of sinning comes short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. It is for my sins Jesus was put on that cross. It is for your sins Jesus was put on the cross, beloved. If you want to know who crucified Christ, our sins crucified Christ. Oh, but this is the precious part. He shall put his hand. Now this is the person offering the sacrifice before he slits the throat of the sacrificial victim. He puts his hand upon the head. The Hebrew word upon means to lean upon. He leans upon the head of that lamb before he slits his throat. And it shall be accepted for him to make an atonement, a covering for him. And then he shall kill the bullock of the lamb. You know what that pictures, don't you? It pictures the sin of the offerer, the sinner, being transferred to the sacrificial lamb. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you lean upon his great chest and heart, and you say, Jesus, you paid for my sin." I'm such a sinner, but I'm trusting you totally as my Savior and my Lord. And that does it. That's when your sins are covered. Your sins are forgiven. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree. He was bruised for our iniquities. And then the last point that I share with you today about the burnt offering. And this is perhaps the most important. It's mentioned three times, verse 9, verse 13, verse 17. The burnt offering was, as the fire burned the offering, the sacrificial animal, the judgment, fire, an aroma, a smell went up heavenward to God The Father, the offering was an aroma pleasing to the Lord. This means God accepted this sacrifice. He was well pleased and satisfied with it. Isaiah 53 Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Look at it, listen, he shall see the travail of his, Jesus' soul, and be satisfied. Ephesians 5, 2 nails it. Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. You can try to be saved by your good works, but it stinks in the sight of holy God for all of our righteousness is as but filthy rags in the sight of a holy God. You may try to be saved by being uh, religious, but my friend, it is not by religion that God is satisfied and God is pleased. There is only one thing that satisfies the heart of God. There's only one thing that he is well-pleased with, and that is the life and the death and the resurrection of his beloved son, Jesus Christ, as the payment for our sin and the way to God. So I conclude today. That's what the CON stands for. Conclusion. Have you identified with the burnt offering? Hmm? No, we're not asked to present the burnt offering today because the burnt offering was fulfilled in Jesus' death on the cross for our sins. Has there been a time, oh, that you just laid your hands by faith? Faith could be defined as leaning upon, couldn't it? That's a good definition for faith. Has there been a time that you in your heart, through faith and repentance, you have leaned upon, your soul, your eternal destiny upon Jesus as the one who died in your place and paid for your sins. If there hasn't, it can be today. The Bible says, in the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Would you stand and pray with me? Right now, where you stand in your heart, You can lay your hands upon the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And you can trust Him to be the one who paid the sin debt for you. God's judgment and fiery wrath fell upon Christ on that cross outwardly and inwardly. And God is satisfied and pleased with that. And if you will come to God through the crucified Christ, as your personal Savior and Lord. God will smile upon you. He will accept you as a sweet-smelling aroma to Him. If you've never trusted Christ totally and absolutely as your Lord and Savior, you trust Him right now. As we sing this hymn of invitation... If you need to make a decision public today, certainly if you receive Christ, you need to do that. We want to rejoice with you. If God would have you to move your church letter today, now would be the time to make that decision as well as we sing. God bless you. Let's sing, Barbara.